That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Uh, boot. Welcome back. Everybody must be uh, deflating from all that uh, Thanksgiving intake. We have the new books. We're in Commissioner Gordon's office with the stack. New books for the date of November 29th, 2017. And we got two good Bat books tonight. We got um, Batman Annual Number 2, which is called Some of These Days. And we have a Batman Creature of the Night number one so let's get into it let's go through uh so batman annual number two which is entitled some of these days it's a batman catwoman story and uh man this was a doozy <laughs> you know that it nash was uh, this is gonna this is gonna mess a lot of people up this is gonna mess a lot of people up i know that nash cat's gonna need a box of tissues next to her when she reads this one because uh this might be one of the most heartfelt uh, batman catwoman stories ever it's a batman catwoman story that takes place in an alternate world i guess within the multiverse because they even mentioned that. Because I think Batman was aware that, that he was different in another world. Well, uh, that was towards the end, right? Yeah. I think you were just commenting on, like, uh, there being another of him in the multiverse. Right. Yeah, like, we have, let's not get ahead of ourselves uh, with what happens in the story. But I heard a lot of the chat about this issue. People uh, saying that, oh, I, I heard it's just about... Uh, Batman and Catwoman's first date. When when you read this, there, there's so much more to the story than than there just being a date. You kind of see uh, a part of their relationship that you've never seen before. Yeah, this is how their relationship could have went in an alternate universe. Th- this could even be in this world, though, because the first time uh, Bruce is talking with Alfred after he uh, gets back to the cave, and uh, Alfred had said something about uh, he's supposed to be resting and is talking about his uh, his injuries that he has. And uh, he says that the Riddler's in jail. Bruce talks about, uh, you know, the, the look on the Riddler's face. He looks satisfied. So it kind of makes it sound like maybe this was that sounds like it could have been War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah. Uh, just just after that. Maybe or maybe zero year as well. Yeah. Writer Tom King, artists Lee Weeks and Michael Lark. Shout out to Tom King again because I love how much he loves Selena. He just can't get enough of her. And, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, and, and he's doing her right. He's doing her right. And man, Lee Lee Weeks' is art for Catwoman, she's in the classic purple costume, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that uh, the, the colors are, uh, they, they kind of play with the colors in this so it, it doesn't look straight purple. And you know, there's a lot of different lighting and uh, a lot of different scenes that they're in. So you get a lot of different colors playing off of her suit. But uh, yeah, it definitely looks like it's intended to be the purple suit. Maybe even like uh, an animated series style grayish. Yeah, they, they really do play a lot with uh, the costume like that. It's really clever. And man, to go through this book, the highly recommended Batman Annual Number Two. It's just gorgeous. The opening scene: Catwoman. She's pretty much broken into the Batcave, and she's like 
dangling over the Batmobile and you know and hops in it and plays with the clutch. So that's how they open the scene. Keep that in mind. Catwoman landing in the Batmobile and playing around because Batman's on the street right now. Uh, he, he got like some thug hanging upside down in an alleyway. Yeah, and off then, a fire escape, you know, yeah. as Batman does. <laughs> Classic Batman, and then Selena's just hauling ass through uh, Gotham City in the Batmobile. Uh, so uh, Alfred uh, jumps in to tell him, you know, something's going on, and Batman replies, "Busy." And uh, Alfred just trying to explain that, yeah, I, I kind of have to interrupt you. Tells him, uh, "We have a problem with the car." And uh, that scene just reminded me of <laughs> uh, Alfred in the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's about the car. What? 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 The rolls? No, the other car yeah <laughs> Catwoman drives the batmobile through porky's bar yep. and if you look close enough you can see elmer fudd at the bar nice callback to tom's uh batman batman elmer fudd issue a different take on the batmobile be- being named here because uh porky's behind the bar and he says the bat the batmobile selena leaves a mouse in the batmobile for batman and alfred asks uh how the car looks and Batman replies, the Batmobile will be fine. <laughs> and Alfred says, the Batmobile, sir? Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> so you can tell that, you know, that's where it was just being dubbed the Batmobile. Yeah, early on in his career. He he keeps the mouse and has it on, what do you call it? Yeah, the hamster wheel thing. The hamster wheels, yeah. And, uh, and him and Alfred, I guess, are in the study. And he notices that... He was uh, writing on his notepad. And then Alfred brings him a drink. And when he goes back to his notepad, the pen is gone. Right, so he knows somebody's in Wayne Manor that shouldn't be there. But before before he even uh, left the room, like when he first noticed the pen was gone, and uh, Alfred gives him some attitude, he says, "Oh, shall I alert the Superman? Or perhaps we might look under the sofa." <laughs> and uh, Bruce says she's here, and he jumps up, and then you can see coming from the other room, Selena said, "Meow." So that was where he uh, hopped the couch and then ran across the table after. And this feels like it's really early on in his career as well because I remember the busts and everything and the the sheets over like the furniture and whatnot that I always felt like that was very year one ish. Yeah, kind of thing. I like the whole time he's chasing her. There's that dialogue back and forth of him telling her he's gonna catch her and her saying no, you're not. Really similar to Date Night by Darwin Cook and Tim Sale. Date Night was similar. It was like uh, I think I think he was chasing her again. She she says that she's apologizing for what she did to the car. So to be nice, she went ahead and called the police on herself yeah. and that they'd be waiting outside. So knowing that, you know, the police are going to be outside. So she's free to jump right out the window and he can't chase her because you know, he'll be exposing himself if he dives out the window after. Her. Yeah, brilliant. And people are going to know something's up. And then while she's in the air, she's like, bye bye, bat. Thanks for the pen. She's really playing with him. And then she plays with the cops, too, because you can see their dialogue as Bruce is watching through the window as it goes from, you know, they think they have her to then she just vanishes on them. (laughs) Then he he looks at the mouse again on the floor that she left for him. I like that mouse. Mouse number two. He's in the bat cave and he's talking about the alarms that he installed. Four of them fail, but the fifth redundancy. And uh, he knows that she's in the bedroom. What does Alfred say? Please let her know if she leaves in her mouse, it is only proper to leave some money to feed the bloody thing. (laughs) <laughs> when he walks into the um, the bedroom where Celine is trying to crack that safe, uh, her belt it has those the oval circular pieces connecting each one, uh, yeah. very similar to uh, the belt in uh, Batman the Animated Series. If- yeah, that's why I thought that uh, the color of the suit, they may have been leaning it a bit towards the gray. 
yeah. uh, of the show because it, it has a lot of that look, you know, the, the shape of her cowl and everything. Uh, very similar. Love this freaking artist too. Freaking DC yeah. is always just popping up new artists left and right. I, it, it has to be difficult for an artist to to come into Batman because since Rebirth started, we've had David Finch, uh, Mikkel Janin, and Mitch Garrods. And then in the last few issues, and then uh, just uh, recently through Rules of Engagement, we've had Joelle Jones, and she's been doing really good too. So to to come in to that competition, you know, those other people uh, working on the title, and to be able to stand out like this, yeah, uh, like Lee Weeks does in this book, his paneling, and particularly this part we're at right now, when Bruce walks into that room and just the silhouette looks at her with with him in the background just so good <laughs> really good man and uh, tom king loves catwoman so uh it was one of these books where i was like reading it and it just just kept getting good and better and better and I was, this is a great annual and this was kind of a sad part though where uh she cracks the safe open and she holds up one pearl and she says a pearl a single rather scratched pearl and she's just looking at it and she can't understand why there's just one pearl in there so she asks him why and he says it was my mother's and like right in the back of bruce and selena while they're talking is a martha and thomas wayne a portrait of them this dialogue is just really heartfelt and sad and he's batman but he's telling her like his mother died and everyone knows and she goes yes everyone does know and uh that's like you shouldn't be here and she's like but i know and selena then starts talking about how her parents her mother left and growing up in gotham she was astray (laughs) and alone just like bats after they left, what'd you say? You don't know anything else where you where you almost like this life. You like being by yourself. And then you think it's mm. better. Maybe it's okay. And then you hate yourself and you hate everything. But it's okay. And she asks, why do you dress up as a bat? Why do you dress up as a cat? So you know, Tom King loves his uh, Dr. Seuss. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she, Selena goes, that was a clever line, though. With Selena says, she goes, I like cats. Everyone likes cats. They're soft. Who likes bats? <laughs> no one. Batman goes, no one. <laughs> oh, yeah. She she says, uh, you want people to be scared of you. He yeah. says it helps. And she says that she's not. Of course, he already knows that. And she asks, why do we fight? Which kind of reminds me of the Batman Returns line. And she yeah. goes, why don't we not fight? She goes, you and... steal things. You're a criminal. <laughs> and he goes, and being a masked vigilante of the night, that's completely legal. So she really, she kind of got him too. <laughs> you know, like, and and she's getting really frisky at this part here. Yeah, she's you know, she to starts play. with her finger on his chest and then slides it down. Yeah. And then the next thing you say is that he's telling her she shouldn't touch his belt. <laughs> and, and then what happens when she touches the utility belt is uh, kind of sets something off, kind of like a, a smoke pellet or gas grenade or something yeah. like that. You know? She was just messing with him again, uh, you know, got him distracted. Yeah. And set off one of his smoke bombs and vanished again. And then you see the mouse holding the pearl. Good imagery. I like the imagery in here. You have Alfred tending to the mouse. <laughs> it's so funny. He's singing to the mouse. So the the song that he's singing is where uh, the title of the issue comes from. Uh, mm. The song is called These Days. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I just looked into the song just in case there was any hidden meaning there. But uh, I, I'm not. I didn't see anything that you know maybe was suggestive of uh, anything happening in the story. But uh, it's a song from uh, 1910, originally performed by Sophie Tucker, but it's been performed by a lot of people since then. And it was in like uh, Boardwalk Empire and uh, what else was it in? Uh, oh, oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was in Scarface. Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to play that. She's on a roof somewhere cutting glass yeah one of the skylights or something it looks like bats goes again and she goes 
again and again. <laughs> yeah, before she, if he's getting better though. This time is before she was in the house. <laughs> yeah. He was on top of her. So they're both on top of the rooftop. This is a great two-page uh, splash here. Yeah. Uh, the, the the wide shot of the manor and the two of them on the roof in the rain. Yeah. She just keeps showing up, just keeps breaking into his shit. She asked him why she keeps doing it. And she goes, isn't it obvious? Because you're weak, you need to be better. I have to make you better. I have to teach you where you're weak. Okay, you're going to die. <laughs> and then they go at it. She she knows him. She goes, you, you mastered just about everything you can master. But under the cape, under the mask, you're still a poor little rich boy in the house on the hill. All the pain from being alone. You're still this sweet, darling mouse. You can't quite see the cat coming. She's playing the girl that likes the guy, but doesn't show it in the conventional way. So she just... Yeah. I think I think that's what it might be. And he's like, you don't know me. <laughs> so then uh, she she takes a dive off the roof and runs off. He chases her, but eventually loses her. Yeah. But uh, this this is a, a really classic Batman uh, method of uh, of solving a case here because she comes through the window of her own apartment and he's standing there waiting for her. Yeah. And she's you know, sort of not surprised. She's disappointed in herself. It looks like that uh, he managed to uh, to figure her out. And that, this is really clever how, how we tracked her down. Selena goes back to her apartment and then Batman just goes squeak. And she's like, how? And he goes, your souvenir, the lead signature and their droppings traced back to the uh, paint used in this apartment. So mouse shit. He pretty much found it <laughs> tracing back. Yep. Mouse shit. <laughs> that's, that's Tom King, baby. <laughs> and it doesn't take four mice to produce droppings, does it? He breaks out the wine glass, but Bruce uh, takes off his cowl. And he says, uh, you know, sometimes I like being alone and I hate everything because I like it. He's like, you saw me, I saw you. And she's like, now what do you want to do, help me? No, I don't want to help you. And then they finally kiss. I, I like uh, the touch of as it finally happens and her wine is pouring out. Uh, you know, it just lets the glass dump on the floor. And you see the cat rubbing against Batman's leg. Oh, yeah. And it's like right after they kiss, he's like, they're both like, hello. Hello. They're seeing each other for the first. They're kind of like letting their guards down and seeing each other for yeah. the first time, which is kind of cool. And I love this. Tom King did mention this, but remember the first time we met? I remember you on the boat when your mask came off, and like you. And then he's, she's like, uh, on the boat. We met on the street. So when Batman believes they met on the boat, that's going back to the Golden Age, where Batman first encounters yeah, Selina Kyle on a boat during a robbery. And yeah. when Selina says, "No, we met on the street," I think they're referring to year one. When Batman yeah, that's that's Frank Miller's origin story for Selena. Yeah, shout out to Lee Weeks for uh, this panel with uh, when they're showing uh, Batman and Selena um, by the window in the apartment building from like an outside shot. Man, I, I nailed it. Love that building, old Gotham, beautiful artwork. And and I, I love that he keeps going back to this uh, argument that they have about the first time they they met because that was what he used in the proposal issue. It's like their ongoing argument. I love it. And look, yeah, they're. Now they flash forward to when they're old and gray in the doctor's office and Bruce is saying boat and she was like, it wasn't, you're wrong. <laughs> they constantly <laughs> argue about that. Yeah, so yeah, the, that's like a, a jump forward to when they're both kind of uh, senior citizens <laughs> and they're still having that argument. And then uh, it sounds like the doctor walks in with some uh, not so great news. Uh, then they're back on the street walking, looks like by... Uh, Gotham Central Park and uh, Bruce is just tracking back to a story it sounds like he was training with the League of Assassins or something I don't know back to this mountain where he was training that's what I was guessing and then Selena kind of gets really upset 
and then he asks her, and she says she's fine, she's okay. We got to touch on that last panel on that page <laughs> where they talk about, uh, yeah, when uh, he goes through the story of how he had to, uh, for the one guy he was training under, he would have to go into the village and steal cigarettes, I think it was, for the guy. <laughs> but then the, after the first time he stole them, they figured out what he was up to, so he had to start disguising himself. Because <laughs> he didn't have any money, he had to steal the disguises. <laughs> and just, we got to touch on our, on our boy Scott here, because they, uh, they talk about a collection of wigs locked in a trunk. <laughs> yes, Selena goes, a collection of wigs locked in a trunk. A collection of wigs in a locked trunk. That's what they, that's what they both say. So, uh, so Mel Tom King's like nodding at us, because we're always going at the trunk. Oh, man. That was kind of funny that they said trunk twice, though. So, there. Yeah, you know, you got to double the trunk or the trunk. Now, this uh, this next page is going to make a lot of people happy. Oh, when uh, Helena Wayne is there? Yes. Very yeah, cool. So we've got uh, the uh, aging Selena on uh, a rooftop looking dour about uh, the current situation. And yeah, she's joined by this uh, rendition of their daughter, Helena Wayne, telling her that she uh, spoke to Zatanna. I love that name. They too. had... Uh, yeah, that's, it's it's great. It'll, so it looks like they had been looking for a way to, like a, a magical way to help whatever Bruce's uh, condition is. I guess when it's not going to work, it doesn't work that way, the magic. And then the bat signal goes up in the air. Well, the Christopher Nolan bat signal, by the way, <laughs> just to point that out. I do like that in this future where Bruce and Selena have both kind of aged out of the game, uh, their daughter has you know taken over as a sort of Batwoman and... Yeah. She's the one that an- that uh, answers to the signal. And old Bruce and Selena are in the bedroom, and uh, Bruce is talking about there's another Earth where I never get old or married or sick or anything. I'm always alone, always the Batman. So I'm guessing that's main continuity. I think they're poking fun at it too because I, he never gets old because, you know, in main continuity, 70-something years, <laughs> he hasn't aged a day <laughs> in a way. So uh, I'm guessing that's what they're going on. Oh, check out that lamp, by the way. Doesn't that look like a, a Green Lantern symbol? <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, she, and she says, don't forget the light. I don't know, that's kind of interesting. Maybe that's a little... Uh, I don't know, a little nod or something. After you understand, I want you to find Barry. Then you have him find the other me out there. And that fellow will take care of you. So how does that work? Barry has uh, to go I, to the time stream to get the other Batman to take care of her. That's, that's I, I think he's just, you know, it's just uh, wishful thinking that yeah. he's saying, you know, you should uh, get Barry to, to find you another me to, to be here for you. I think he doesn't want, he knows he's about to go and he doesn't want to leave her alone. Yeah. You know, he's a dying old man, but he's still can lifting that weight in the Batcave. That's Batman for you. Yeah, he's doing his best to anyway, but uh, it, it doesn't go so well. Yeah. Harry McGinnis and Kerry Kelly. It's uh, it's presumable that at this stage of their lives, Alfred is long gone. But uh, we're back to that song that Alfred was singing. I don't know, in Alfred's British. He could still be alive, man. They live forever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, like Ozzy Osbourne and whatnot. This, this guy will live forever. <laughs> the Rolling Stones, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Keith Richards might be legitimately older than Batman. Yeah, true. <laughs> Bruce asks, are you here to help me? Selena goes, no, I'm not here to help you. So they say that line again. That they're not, uh, neither of them are looking to change the other. Yeah, I think you're right. Definitely. That makes sense. I don't know if I ended up getting to the point there after we talked about uh, old British guys not dying, but the song is playing again. Uh, I don't know if I even said that or not. Yeah. If I did, you... it's, pr- it's okay. probably Alfred just singing it again in the background. Cause, uh, 
<laughs> he's just off he's camera gonna, sitting in the he's, he's got a <laughs> he's got a a wheelchair off in the background that he's sitting in uh, like, <laughs> making sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so here's an interesting panel where Bruce is laying down in the bed dying, Selena's over him comforting him and saying shh and you have the Bat family in the background. Yeah. Now, I have two redheads. So I'm guessing one of them is Barbara, which leads me to uh-huh. believe the other one's Carrie Kelly because she has the same shades that Carrie Kelly was, I think, with that same green tint, right? Yeah, it, it, it could be a version of Carrie Kelly, uh, a nod to her, or it could be that uh, its daughter Barbara had. True. I'm guessing the tall gray dude is Dick Grayson. I'm guessing the guy to the left is Jason Todd with the red shirt. That might be Cassandra yeah, Kane in the middle of them with the black hair, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, assume uh, that's uh, that's Duke <laughs> to the right of or, or Mr. possible or Mr. T's son, one or the other. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the guy with the uh, pushback hair that's... might be uh, Azriel. Oh yeah, yeah, could be yeah, and because uh, that's most definitely uh, Stephanie Brown with Tim Drake to the right of him. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Carrie Kelly was the daughter of Barbara Gordon and. Dick Grayson, that'd be wild, man. In yeah, that universe. Cool. Then, then Selena goes, "Good night, Bat. I love you." Oh, oh man, that's tough. <laughs> that, that, no, that's tough because you see Selena that way, and because Batman dies, dude. <laughs> like, how like, often does that happen? You know. I know. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I just. Uh, had a mental picture reading that of of Michael Caine at the end of uh, Dark Knight Rises. I failed you. <laughs> so in this issue, Batman died as many times as Christian Bale's Batman quit being Batman. Oh, oh. oh, this is such a bittersweet, sad part when Selina goes back to the Batmobile. Obviously, the, the issue begins where a young Selina is in the Batcave messing around and landing in the Batmobile. So at the end of it, she goes back in the Batmobile and and sits in it and she has her hands on the wheel all sad and, and there's a cat in the passenger seat and she has you know where did you come from and the cat has a note attached to it and it says i love you too cat from the first kiss to the last selena just holds the cat well it's a kitten and yeah. while she just holds the kitten while she's in the batmobile the cat's meowing and then purrs into selena's like chest and that's how that issue ends and i'm just like oh my goodness like, like <laughs> you're, you're you're a good guy you know i consider you a friend but fuck you tom king tom king um <laughs> is such a softy i mean anyone who's a selena a bat cat or selena catwoman batman relationship fan but also anyone who's a batman fan and just to see him go and leave that gift for selena it's just oh right in the feels uh definitely uh have your uh, box of Batcat tissues uh, ready for this issue. <laughs> yep. I was waiting for them to come back to the scene where uh, Selena beat Tali in a sword fight, actually, but uh, I guess he didn't want to put this. <laughs> <laughs> One controversy per issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Batman Annual number 2 from uh, DC Rebirth hits stores November 29th. Definitely grab that issue and make sure to grab so some we, tissues with it. <laughs> so we spent the whole uh, the whole issue talking about the art of Lee Weeks, but uh, those last eight pages, so uh, getting through the uh, Bruce's death and everything there, uh, all that, uh, those eight pages were done by Michael Lark. Yeah. G- good on him as well. I didn't even feel or notice the shift in art. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's because of the time jump there, right? Oh, good point, yeah. That's a good point, the time jump. That makes sense, because then uh, I feel like less of a transition and more natural. It's those last eight pages where it uh, yeah. jumps to them being older, so it's kind of a fitting uh, place for the uh, for the look to change. 
that's a that's a heavy heavy book <laughs> you know it's between them growing old and bruce dying and also them getting engaged like so much stuff that's happening with bruce and selena that hasn't in 77 78 years of comic book history of this so it's like to get it now all at once is uh yeah it's pretty heavy tom king doing what he does best you know i'm loving everything he's doing with catwoman i just love how he's elevating the status of this character even more because cat Catwoman is a classic, classic character, and to, to see her in this whole new way now, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Batman Annual Number 2. And for our second book, we have Batman Creature of the Night Number 1, first part of a four-issue miniseries in prestige format. So it's written by... Kurt Busiek. Kurt Busiek, and it's drawn by John Paul Leon, who did Mother Panic. Kurt Busiek previously wrote uh, a four-issue miniseries, a prestige format miniseries, called Superman's Secret Identity. Uh, that was in 2004. So, uh, that was uh, under the Elseworld banner that they were doing back then. So this is sort of a, like a kind of sort of uh, follow-up to that. Yeah, this is the Batman version. Beautifully drawn. This kind of artwork and this mood takes me right back. What I could compare this to is Legends of the Dark Knight series that started right after... Uh, when did it start? I think it started in 89. Yeah, it was the first... I think it was the first new Bat title since Batman. It was the first new Bat title since Batman. So, you know, you had Detec- Detective Comics and Batman that started in the 40s, and Legends of the Dark Knight was the first Batman title to start since then. So the mood, it was like an anthology. It would be two, it would be different creative teams on mini short stories that would last about three to four issues or five issues, and it would keep going. It went to over 200 issues and a lot of stories. One of my favorite runs of all time of Batman, and the mood and the grittiness and the street-level stuff was so right, like impactful and right in your face in these issues from that line. And this story of Batman, Creature of the Night number one, really brought me back to that. You really get that feel in the art and the mood and the time. It takes place in like Halloween of 68. Art imitates life kind of story. Whereas, uh, so just to read off the, what DC said, every Batman fan has a dream of becoming Dark Knight, right? So in this story, it follows a kid who um, is a huge Batman fan. He has the old school, I think it was called the Cooper Batman Halloween costume. And he's like eating a cereal and reading the old Batman comics. You know, he thinks his parents are Thomas and Martha Wayne. He thinks, his, I think he has an Uncle Fred and he calls him Alfred. And so in his mind, like, you know, this Batman mythology is all real in his, in his world. And what happens is one night after trick-or-treating, Halloween of 68, he comes home. The family comes home and uh, there's a robbery, a break-in, a, gra- a, what do you call it, a smash-and-grab or whatever in their house. Uh, both of the parents get shot dead. And this kid thinks he's living in a comic book. So he's like looking at the guy all like an angry face and just... And the kid gets shot as well by the guy. And he's like in a coma for a while. When he wakes up, you know, his parents have already been long buried. So this kid, you know, they had some insurance money. So they sent him to this like private school because his uncle can't take him in for whatever reason. And um, he's going, he's seeing a shrink to um, deal with this because he's in his head. He's still living in this, this Batman world. The detective or the cop that's working on the case, I think he's called Hoover, but the kid keeps calling him Gordon. For a while, he's just dealing with these inner struggles. He goes he goes on this boat trip with a couple of other students to Paris where they learn about like art and architecture and come back. And, and he keeps going back to Hoover's office to see how the case is developing. And then he, and he's having these dreams too that feel like really intensely real. And then all of a sudden, or even before that, what happens is he goes to, um, he's at the zoo with, with uh, his uncle, which is where they usually went together. And he's having a tough time. So he runs into the bat cave where you can see all the bats just in a bad place. And all of a sudden the bats break through the glass. 
start flying around all over. And I thought that might have been a surreal moment, but it wasn't because they refer back to it as they think the kid might have did it, but he didn't. All of a sudden, this dark, black, shadowy silhouette creature starts emerging in Gotham and starts taking out the bad guys. And this kid's wondering... His name is actually Bruce as well. Bruce yeah. Wainwright. So he's even, his name is even Bruce. And it takes, in, yeah, Boston 60. This kid's wondering why it's not really being reported that much on the news or whatever. Like some people who read the papers might. So while, every time he goes to Hoover's office, he listens and he can hear thugs or criminals that, that were recently arrested going off this bat-like creature that's going after everyone and whatnot. Then eventually this kid's on the rooftop of his building, I believe. And this silhouette eventually approaches him like, the leaves turn to these bat silhouettes. This black shadow appears over him. It has red eyes. So it looks like the Mothman. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Such a, <laughs> le- such a Legends of the Dark Knight vibe to this whole story. The way this guy draws Gotham is so good, too. So much detail, man. It, it has that uh, sort of old school. It, it looks like a, a Golden Age comic. Oh, and even going back, when the kid first got shot and was in a coma, he looked at himself in the mirror within the dream or in the coma. But he kind of looked like Bruce Wayne. Uh, and, it, and he said something to the extent of, safe, you're safe, you safe. And then when this bat-like creature appears over him on the rooftop, it's like saying, Bruce, safe, you safe. Really mystical. And then it kind of disappears. And the kid's really happy about that. So what happens is the uncle, Uncle Fred Alfred, gets the kid for his birthday a um, a police radio, a police band radio, so he could listen in on all, all the uh, reports going over there, the radio waves. The uncle says something to the extent of, I thought it was a good way to bring him some closure if we'd only known dot dot dot. And that's how it ended. And then the last page where it ends, it has the classic Batman logo with a, in the yellow with a, the oval, the circular oval classic Batman symbol. This is like a sweet throwback to like the Legend of the Dark Knight stuff. And I thought it ended abruptly. I was like, what? What the fuck does that mean? Like the, And then I, because I, that's before I realized this was a four issue miniseries. Yeah, so we've we, got more to come. So we have the Bat slash Batman slash Mothman creature out there there is an inner dialogue it's the kid talking and it's the uncle talk because when you see the uncle's talking or thinking it's in script and when the kid's talking or thinking it's in like it looks like scratchy handwriting there are these two dialogues going on at the same time about what's going on i haven't read superman secret identity but i'm curious about it now if it's in the same vein as this one definitely uh the same sort of story this bat-like creature found the criminal that killed his parents and shot him. So Bruce identified the killer in the lineup. There's a little sign of optimism leading out of this issue and uh, more to come and go deeper into um, what this bat-like creature is. If it was created out of this kid's imagination or, or what? Because it kind of literally comes out of nowhere. And even the way it goes after the killer is so cool, like through the apartment and everything and out the window. Even the silhouettes of the bat are just, yeah, it's so heavily influenced by the old stuff. It kind of reminds me of how they did Gotham Central as well. It's kind of a limited color palette. Yeah, yeah, where, absolutely. But it really works really well for this issue. Some of those pages uses like the high contrast and you'll have like a bright orange background with black shadows. Yeah. Uh, over anyone who enjoyed this book, go and check out Superman Secret Identity while you wait for issue two to come out. You can either look for the four issues or I'm pretty sure it's still in print in uh in the trade paperback. November 29th, today, because you'll be listening to this as it drops. Batman annual number two. Batman Catwoman uh, love story throughout the ages, and Batman Creature of the Night number one. It's so uh, two highly recommended books. These were good this week. Really solid reads. Shawarma. That's right. You like the the shawarma. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
We need some halal meats. <laughs> so what's your favorite shawarma? I uh, I go with uh, chicken. You get it from the truck or you get it from a store, like a restaurant? Uh, it's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's a restaurant. We have, uh, particularly in downtown Windsor, there's a shawarma restaurant on every corner and two in between. So they, yeah, they're they're all up and down uh, the streets in the downtown area. How, uh, do you, how do you take your shawarma? No ketchup on that. Oh, <laughs> fuck off, ketchup. <laughs> I like kind of go through phases. Sometimes I change. Currently, I prefer getting uh, the shawarma plate. It, it's different if you're getting, if you're eating it at the restaurant or if you're getting it to go or if you just order it for delivery. For takeout or delivery, they bring it in like the styrofoam container. You get to whichever meat you choose, either the chicken or the beef. And then there's, uh, you can have either rice or potatoes and then your garlic sauce, hummus, uh, oh, pita, salad, all that stuff. But sometimes I switch back to getting uh, the the sandwich, which is all that stuff just shoved into a pita, oh. shoved right in there, like, like shoving it into the trunk. <laughs> hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs. <laughs> <laughs>